to this episode of Turkish TV Time. Today we're talking about ATA Season 2, Episode 6, um, where a ton of shit happens. My notes are so long, and um, I'm really excited to talk about it. We just had a long rant about anti-vaxxers off screen, so if we sound a little incensed still, um, thanks Aaron <laughs> Rodgers for ruining that. Um, I'm not drinking any tea except the tea of hatred towards anti-vaxxers. What about you guys? I don't have tea either. I had, if we had, so just some context on today for our listeners, we've had like five reschedules. So the second to last reschedule we had, (laughs) I had prepared for that, unfortunately, did not happen, but we're here now without liquids. But with yeah, I'm sure if we had it an hour ago, you would have had a fresh cup of tea. I believe that. I literally did. I had brewed. <laughs> I put a pot on at eight. No, seven forty-five. Mm-hmm. I believe you. And then I watched a different Turkish TV show instead. So. <laughs> I really want to watch Love One Hundred Two. Yeah, as soon as we finish Atiye, get right on that. Okay, so now Sophia is going to try to take us through what happened in this episode in less than an hour. We'll see. (laughs) Oh, man. Okay, so I'm I'm not entirely clear about how the last episode ended, but I remember that Zuhre got gunned down in the house by Hannah and her crazy whatever gun that was so the exact way it ended Her was, Adnan was <laughs> yes but the very last thing that actually happened was that Atia observed Adhan driving away from Kapodoke mm-hmm. after he had gone to the cave in mm-hmm. Love Valley Ooh. with Jesus yes yes you're right but now she's just like stranded in Kapodokia um and she finds these women who have she's similar a, she's stuff. an Urfa. I, I thought she was an Urfa. She was oh yeah, she is an Urfa. But how did she get from Cappadocia to Urfa? Don't don't ask questions. There's tunnels. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so she finds this okay, there's this woman that kind of looks like me. I was kind of shocked. Like I feel like she looks like me. <laughs> the one with all the tattoos. <laughs> the face tattoos definitely reminded her. <laughs> I saw that face tattoo middle-aged woman and I was like yeah that's Sophia (laughs) (laughs) oh my god she she does kind of look like me it's weird I just felt weird (laughs) so now we know what Sophia is going to do with her uh podcast portion wow tattoos are coming (laughs) um so Atiya basically runs into this group of women who have facial tattoos and are caring for a pregnant woman and apparently have just buried another pregnant woman. So they're like, what are you doing? Like they kind of like take her in and tell her um, that this woman is like dying and she's pregnant. And so she touches the belly and kind of like heals her in a certain way. Um, Then we have Erhan with those weird T-shaped ceramics which we still don't understand why they exist. Well, at this point. So he's like playing with them and he touches them and gets this flashback to when he was a little kid and he apparently discovered the purple cave that we have seen very many times in this show. Um, And 
then I guess he has this flashback. And then Atiya had passed out with the women. So she wakes up in this cave. I don't even know where they are. It seems like a cave. And they're like, oh, like you healed this pregnant woman. Like you have magic powers. Like you must be the woman with the star mark or something, I think they say. And she's like feeling really shitty. Like her pregnancy's really getting to her and like killing her softly or not so softly from nosebleeds. <laughs> um, and so then we we see set up and she's in, I, I think she's still in the Sufi lounge thing, right? I don't know. I think lodge, not not lounge. Sorry, lodge. <laughs> <laughs> We're there I was looking for, sorry. English is no a second idea, language problems. I'm really glad it was just a brief glimpse of Sarah in this episode. But again, it's just so annoying that she's like so aware of everything in this universe. <laughs> And like she's so useless and well, actively yeah. harmful in the last. The whole yeah. plot of this episode of this season is just people telling Ati a really cryptic shit and her having to. Yeah, it's like y'all, yeah. like, like you want her to save the world, but like you're not gonna share info, okay? Literally. Um. So then, set up. Does she even say anything? I think she just stares at the wind. She she says. Uh, she's i forget what exact phrase she uses but she essentially bids farewell to her mother like she's aware that her mother's died and she sees the flock of cranes the zuhre cranes flying up overhead and so then we see zuhre at the morgue there's like a little tag that says zuhre and she's dead which we already knew and then we have our dearest friends mustafa and um sardar and they're having this whole discussion about, I don't know, what happened in the scene? I don't remember. Sorry. Oh, so he's, so Mustafa's like, why are you so concerned about finding Atiye if your son is missing? Like, you should be more worried about your son missing. And he's like, no, 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 you need to bring me Atiye. Because, well, what Mustafa doesn't know is that he needs Atiye to get his son back. Um, And so Melek walks in and She's very concerned, like she knows that something's off. And I think, is it in this scene that she gets the flowers from setup? Let's say like- I think so, it was very, it was was early. They They say like, like he's dead, what does it say? No, they say the time has come, Oh, like very cryptic. (laughs) So, Sardar like puts down this front again to say like oh yeah Erhan called me he's in Paris he's loving life and she doesn't believe him she's like why wouldn't he call me and tell me how he's doing like she definitely is not believing it um and she's like very worried about him and then Sardar goes into his room and he's like having all these flashbacks of every time he treated Erhan like Ozan like shit um when he beat him with the whip and he gets in the weirdly placed hot tub and cries um Sardar is so weird yeah I don't understand his flashbacks are to the prior timeline which is again again confirms that right he like has a memory of that and agency in multiple timelines yeah I have a theory to share about that yeah I, I have a question about that too um and then we have Hannah Hannah so Hannah is also a character that's very confusing now that she like broke basically um (laughs) And yeah. so Suhre like appears to her and tells her like, basically like I'm not done with you or like you're fucked. Um, and 
she's like, you're not real. You're not real. You're not real. Like she repeats this for like 20 times. And then Zuhra's like, beware. I'll make your life miserable. And Hannah's just like freaking out. Oh, and then, then is when she gets the flowers that say the time has come. And so then Serdar has this conversation with Erhan. And he's like, why didn't you tell me you were going to Cappadocia? Like, that girl's crazy. I know her whole family and she's crazy. And Erhan's like, well, you knew my dad was alive, right? And he's like, no. Like, what do you mean your dad's alive? And, oh, yeah, he hides the weird what is that the statue thingies the t's i don't even know what to call that thing and i mean they have this whole discussion basically about you know like are they even father and son because like they've been hiding stuff from each other um not that interesting so anyway then ati is like really fucked up and they they tell her like there's the woman with the star mark on her forehead but the, the woman with the yellow star or something like that i don't what do they say yeah but basically we find out that the little girl that had been burned alive in the previous timeline is alive. So set up sister exists. Um, and they, they go to see her because she also heals pregnant women is what I gathered. Um, so she covers her face. She's like hiding. It's really funny because it makes me think of COVID now that we have to cover her face. <laughs> um, so she arrives at this house, which looks to me, a lot like Zuhra's house. I don't know if I'm crazy, but it seems pretty similar. Um, and she, she has finds more. Out, she has more statuettes of yeah. mother goddesses. Yeah, yeah, she has a ton of statues of that mother goddess that we talked about in a previous episode. The one who's like a snake with. Oh, Shahmeran. Yeah. Yes. Well, she's got Shahmeran. She's got like. She is the one from Aphrodisias too. Yeah. The one with all yeah. the boobs. Mm. Yeah. And so she comes out and Atiyah like immediately obviously knows who she is. It's like, oh my God, auntie, like finally you're alive. You were not burnt alive when you were five years old in this timeline. Um, and she's like, go, like she tells Atiyah very cryptic things as um, has happened previously. And she's like, um, you need to, oh, she, she, she likes, I don't even know. She, she pours some water in this bowl and she makes Atiyah put her hand in because she's like, this will trigger your memory. Very Harry Potter. <laughs> and so she has this memory of her, well, on one hand, she has a memory of her giving birth, right? That's the one. And yeah, then, that's the first one. Yeah. Like a very and, painful one. Yeah. Yeah. Memory. And then she has like an Adam and Eve sort of thing, like where she, it's, that's what I assume. I don't even know what it's like her and Erhan but like dressed yeah. very weirdly and they're touching these like they look like that writing remember the right the very old writing that we saw in Turkey somewhere that's like the oldest writing in the world or something well not cuneiform but anyway it just looks like weird writing old <laughs> in this like underground cave and so basically what the message is, is that she needs to find Erhan, take him to that cave. But the way that she's going to find the cave is, um, well, he has to remember how to get to that cave because apparently he's already been there. Um, and she has also already been there, right? Or something. But the cave's in Cappadocia. Well, I thought that, okay, so we'll get to this in your recap, but 
I thought that writing was all like a mini obelisky thing. At least that's how I like interpreted the figure that it was the writing was on. And then don't we see that later in the episode when Atia gets uh yeah, she goes to the cave. But I thought that was in Istanbul, not in That was in Kapadokia. Istanbul? No, I think it was in Cappadocia, wasn't it? Oh my god. Well they took they took the van yeah. to Istanbul. That was the plan. Oh that thing is in Istanbul? Where the fucking is the plan was to meet in like the old part of the Grand Bazaar, but they never show them going in there. So I just no, they didn't. That's why I was confused. I like re-googled like that part of the Grand Bazaar, but they were by the bridge. They were on a hill overlooking. Oh, I missed that. Yeah, I missed that. Um. Anyway, that we're getting. I'm getting ahead of us, but (laughs) I'm pretty sure that that weird obelisk thing is in a weird cave thing in Istanbul but is it, like a, it could be in a cistern or like under the ground yeah anyway when you recap as you're fast forwarding through the episode right now I'm sure, like hopefully you catch a glimpse of that what I thought was a bridge uh, in the background like lit up but and then we have a Hannah and Erhan scene which I don't even remember what this conversation was about that was about um, oh, Hannah, how they they met up in the Love Valley or whatever. Yeah, and Hannah being Why like, were, "What were you me, doing there with I'm your wife. Love me." Basically, well, it's too late. Oh, and she breaks the the whatever thingies. I don't even know what to call them. I've been calling them hammers, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Is there something inside? Yes. Yes. And there's a message. Why are his fingernails black? His, his, he, has a, he has had a bruised fingernail since yeah, season he has one. Yeah, fucked up fingernail. Yeah. I was hoping it was nail polish because that would have been really edgy for him. But <laughs> yeah, it's I don't like think he's that kind of dude. It goes real well with the under eye shadow. Also, <laughs> yeah. so then Atiye arrives back at the cave and she's like, oh, well, I have to leave on this very important mission. Oh, yeah, she says she has to go to Istanbul. Uh, and she's like I'll, i promise i'll come back and they're like you can't leave this woman is dying and the only person who can heal her is you so like no we're coming with and she's like are you sure this is a very difficult mission i can't be with like pregnant dying women and old women. <laughs> well not old women other women a ton of women a ton of people <laughs> so um she this she asked for a cell phone and she calls elif and she's like i need a favor I don't even what favor did she I don't remember what favor she asked. She wants Erhan to meet her. Oh. In in that old part of the Grand Bazaar. Right. Um, and she like Elif is like super nice and she's like Atik, take care. And we know that Atik was her nickname for Atiye when they were sisters. So Atiye obviously like kind of feels like she can trust her. But as soon as she hangs up the phone, she calls Mustafa. She's like, I know where Atiye is. I can help you find her. Um, and then Erhan's trying to figure out that whatever note that he left for himself. And he locks himself in his study. And Hannah's like, I need to come in. I need to come in. And then Elif gets like a, a phone call from someone being like, if you want to see Ozan, you have to come meet me. Um, and it's from her dad. So she goes and meets her dad. Um, but obviously her dad doesn't know where Ozan is. And her dad just like, like they have, it's the first time that someone's 
liked to see Nazim. So she actually like loves her dad and is like happy to have found him. I guess that also because Serdar and Malik like were kind of shitty to her. Um, so she um, is happy to see him and he plays her this recording of can't remember what the freaking recording was but it's oh it's a recording i think of so it's someone saying that they'll hurt elif if erhan doesn't do it's, something i think it's hannah right threatening oh yeah it's hannah yeah 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 you're right so then she knows that something's off. and then erhan like seemingly deciphers the message and he's gonna meet them and then mustafa's driving to where atiyah is which you're right, it is in Istanbul. It's like outside of Istanbul, I guess. And then one of the guys that has been featured that is part of Mustafa's team is gets a phone call and he's like, they tell him like, you need to get Atiye. Classic, this show. It, it, I don't think, that, I don't think that they can't be outside Istanbul because there's no point outside of Istanbul where you're that close to the bridge or a bridge. And also she very specifically said like the old the old part of the grand bazaar so i'm, I'm thinking it's on a hilltop like not that okay. far from that well is in istanbul the city of seven hills no is that rome yeah that's real well, I, don't, I don't i don't understand why no <laughs> why? i'm just saying it's very, there's a lot okay. of hills. um so so um this guy who's on the police force informed Serdar that they found um that they found Atiyeh. Um, and so then, so Elif tells Erhan to go meet his dad and his dad, like, well, he goes and talk to him at least. And then all these women arrive wherever they were going, but it doesn't seem like it's in the Grand Bazaar. Like I'm looking at it. It yeah. looks like a town outside of Istanbul. It's not a town. It's just like an abandoned, like, like she goes down into a structure where the obelisk is so it's just like oh, an empty lot of some kind overlooking but it seems sort of, oh you're right i can see the bridge now i know what you're yeah. talking about this is so it's weird. not it's not like the where the grand bazaar is is obviously super crowded and built up so i don't know why they did that makes no sense but it's somewhere in the city yeah. and so she walks into this place and she's waiting for Erhan. And then, um, so the dad is like justifying his whole story about how when Erhan was a kid, he like said that they needed to move to Urfa. And then he like went into this cave or something and disappeared. Is that the story from when he disappeared for five days? No? No, so he went, he disappeared in Cappadocia. And then when he emerged, well, he didn't emerge. They found him in a, um ditch like some distance away like completely unscathed uh-huh. uh and at, when he came to he was like totally fine he was like yeah we have to we have to move to Urfa we have to go to Urfa and like he had never talked about Urfa or heard about Urfa ever in his life uh, up until that point so then they that's why they all moved there because he was so obsessive about it okay that's crazy so now he's also magical. Apparently. Yeah, he was, but then it got like through exposure to that I got suppressed. I don't know. And then they're like trying to decipher whatever message he has. And Ati is in that 
place in the in the obelisk thingy and Mustafa arrives and he's like okay I need to take you away but then she says something that like convinces him oh no she so they're they have her cuffed and she's leaving but then the pregnant woman is dying like she's dead literally so Atiyah like runs away from the cops and she touches her belly and this woman like <gasps> go comes back to life literally um and then Mustafa's like okay clearly this woman's like onto something and then we have Serdar being like like basically cursing at the aliens the alien computers that never got in touch with him ever again um but he's like pretty upset about everything and then this guy who works with Mustafa like tries to stop the car with Atiyah to take her away but it turns out that like they either he was very bad at keeping track of, of the cars or they tricked him um and so Mustafa like lets Atiyah get away but he's like get away get really far away because like this is um you know like this is not good for you um and then we have Melek and I think she's she's still oh she she calls Mustafa and and like commands him to save Atiyah um so that's how she actually got saved and then she's so Melek and Serdar are, are at home and she's watching tv and she finds out that Ozan's body has been found dead in the ocean which that's a really shitty way of letting someone know that their kid died because so they say like yeah he's the son of a famous businessman like Serdar Yilmaz and it's like well you could have called the family before putting on tv um yeah you know. I feel like they would have known first yeah well if it's like if it was like the paparazzi like you know yeah like I guess Kobe. if they knew his face because like Kobe's wife found out from the media before being notified it happens if you're that's horrible you messed enough yeah. yeah that's awful um and so then Melek is like packing her bags and she says it's time which I don't understand if she's leaving or she's killing herself or what the deal is. I don't think she would pack if she was going to just like kill herself. I think she's just leaving him, but yeah, she's kind of breaks down after that. So I don't know. Yeah. And then that's it. That's the end of the episode. Yes. So lots to talk about. So we're going to move straight into our gossip slash banter slash spilling the tea section. start so many places i don't know go ahead <laughs> um well atie passes the fuck out again so that was annoying i got really pissed off <laughs> contained a lot of curses but she maybe has figured out how to heal people although it's like very unclear they don't really show the magic working it's also very temporary magic like not one yeah. tummy touch there needs yeah. to be like that's not that, that you can't scale that it so lasts like six hours or something. Yeah, because yeah, then the woman died. out from your nose again. Like, yeah, she just, history. she literally needs to be on a constant rotation in a warehouse full of pregnant women. Yeah. Just, touch, touch, touch. <laughs> but she also uh, can heal herself, so. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I guess she has to like actually give birth for like the, whatever curse this is to lift. 
Um, but until then, she can band-aid by touching IDK. But the birth needs to happen. That's all I yeah. gathered. True. Also, can we talk about how, like, you know, Sophia, you said this, like, oh, Ahan's magical now. Okay. Um, agreed. Also, why, like, Atiyah is also magical. Also, like, Mother Goddess, Ahan is clearly male counterpart to that, although I assume weaker, um, but, like, still, like, part of a very long lineage of, yeah. like, Adam E figures. Why are all of his relatives? And like his dad, like why is everyone so clueless and useless? Whereas yeah. like Atias are like, yeah, we know what's going on, right? Okay, they're we clued in, but they're still useless. <sighs> yeah, they're still useless, but they're clued in. Yeah, <laughs> like Nazim can't even like give helpful hints. Like he doesn't fucking know. Is it just like men are useless? Is that the overarching message here? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, it, it definitely seems like Erhan, that's an interesting point. Erhan is a unique outlier in his it's family, like, whereas right. all the women in Ate's family have special yeah. powers. I think, I mean, for sure, for sure in this, you know, Adam and Eve-esque pairing, like the Eve-ish figure, aka Atia, is way 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 more powerful but like Adhan is also a necessary ingredient for it all to work so I guess like him not having any kind of awareness um is, is a sign of that but it's just it just seems weird to show him like all ancient and bearded yeah um, yeah, the, the, those outfits were very confusing. And Atiye looks so bad with that hair. Like, she's yeah. very beautiful. <laughs> it was so How bad. How could they make her look bad? That <laughs> hair was just the worst. Yeah. Maybe it was, and and, his you know, wig, it was a flashback, but maybe it's a flash forward, like the birth. His hair wig mm-hmm. was so unbelievably bad. I don't think I've ever yep. seen a worse looking <laughs> wig. It was like a $5 wig. It was crazy. <laughs> Also, okay, so what's up with these women with the facial tattoos? Does that mean they're like heirs to Zuhra's magic or what's the deal with the facial? No, facial tattoos are a thing. Like, uh, especially especially some Kurdish, um, I don't know if tribe is the right word, but some, you know, subgroups. Yeah, Kurdish language. There's multiple Kurdish languages, but, you know, some of them uh, do have facial tattoos. But, you know, are they accurate? in this depiction i don't know uh, that, mm-hmm. I, that was one of my notes was like like okay it's also very it's like not the same thing as like with let's say american indians like proving if someone has american indian heritage versus like kurdish it's i feel like in turkey it's way less clear there's like you know every you know there's just been a lot of there's been millennia of um intermixing so you can't you can't like accuse someone of being like fake Kurdish because there's probably some Kurdish in there. So it's like, what is is it cultural appropriation? I don't know. It's very murky, but I have a feeling that those tattoos were not like necessarily authentic. But I don't know. I just feel like they were like, oh, these uh, women in the southeast <laughs> look exotic. I mean, <laughs> I, well, I just assumed like, that they were like um, copying Zuhre because they wanted same. to like. Like no, there's there's like a there's like a like fortune teller slash like healer mystical lady with darker skin 
in uh, the pirate show that I was talking about, the Barbaros uh, pirate <laughs> show with facial tattoos. So it's like a, it's oh, like a okay. That it's not not a thing I I really condone because it seems like you know if you want a woman to look uh, more more other and you know mystical you put facial tattoos on her. <laughs> but yeah. Anyway. yeah, I guess I guess that makes sense, but it's still confusing. Also, okay, with the whole um, Serdar situation, mm-hmm. I I know that Sammy, you have a theory, but I have a question, like. does the whole universe tell him like you either have your wife or your kid but you can't have both like yeah I I have a note like to that along those lines too like it seems like he can't he 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 is like destined to lose the people he loves um but I don't have a theory I just I just agree with your also (laughs) the the Ozan death was so random it was really they did him dirty (laughs) like the aliens were holding him for ransom, so why would they just kill him without getting anything in return? So maybe he's not dead. If if like, I still don't think that other scientist is dead, even though they haven't like talked about him in episode in several oh, episodes. Yeah. <laughs> like the guy who just unceremoniously got hit by a car and like. I think he's dead. <laughs> you do think he's dead? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, they've like not talked about him enough that I probably agree with you, but I don't. O- Ozan, I'm kind of like. Also, it's, like, very hard for me to know if this is, like, a memory poking out because I, like, don't remember anything about this season on the surface. But, like, is it my subconscious that telling me he's not dead and therefore I'm spoiling it? Or am I just <laughs> doing, like, the scientist thing and being, like, you can't you can't have an off-screen death. That's well, thing. no, soon, the body. But he looked pretty dead. They had, like, a good picture of his face. Yeah. Dead. They did <laughs> Um, did you guys no. notice the coffee table? The Was massive table? one? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. From Ikea. Yes. It reappeared and <laughs> they were so far away from each other. It was crazy. The size of my living room easily. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So my Sardar theory, he says something like, oh, Ozan, I'll bring you back just like I brought your mother back. So by switching timelines, my theory is that maybe he actually wanted slash facilitated Atier's timeline hop mm. in order to get his wife back, mm. and yeah. she kind of just was doing bidding unknow- unknowingly. He's just rogue yeah. at this point to the aliens. He's what. He's just gone rogue. Like his position versus the aliens is like not really their agent anymore. He's yeah. just reinvested in his family. Family. Also, apparently, cough like comes and goes. Like this episode, he didn't need the oxygen mask. You're very worried about his cough. <laughs> this seems so inconsistent. <laughs> yeah. What about Erhan and Hannah? That relationship seems to be going well. Ugh. No, I need some that was so All those scenes were unnecessary. I just feel like, as we've talked about before, Erhan has not been very likable in this season at all. And showing him treating his wife without an ounce of compassion when he doesn't know that she has any bad intentions is like pretty unacceptable. I feel like he was yeah. really mean. 
to her in that yeah. way. Yeah, and like the viewer gives him a pass because of what we know, but right, True. but he doesn't know that. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. But also, like Hannah's character, like as I mentioned in the recap, like she's she just like had a change of like in theory we just got a view a more clearer view about her personality and like her feelings but like just doesn't make sense that she went from being this really strong woman to like being kind of submissive and like weak and like I guess she realized that she's in love with Erhan but like it doesn't make sense but it's like in a very like pathetic way yeah like she's suddenly lost her ability to focus on anything except her love yeah (laughs) um yeah i really like that zure is haunting hannah now though that's dope that's a great yes. use of zure yes she's got a haunting presence for she sure, is so. made to haunt yeah also related to zure slash also you know set up and sahad and the whole the whole gang living in dead is atian like their ancestor or are they Ooh. her ancestor like what the like what is this family like atia is more powerful <laughs> than all of them she was like the chosen one but like yeah. she also existed as maybe eve or whatever as every mother goddess ever also the thing with adhan and the horrible wig and beard combo might have been a future like a flash forward not a flashback yeah. um we don't actually know when that's happening but anyway it just it's kind of a mind fuck to think about yeah. what is Atia compared to all these other women. You know what uh, else is a mind fuck? What? The fact that Sahar has very dark brown hair now, even though she's yeah. super blonde as a child. Yeah. I was super blonde as a baby, but that doesn't really count. That's like up until like age two. She I was, was like blonde up until blonde. age 13. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she's like nominally like in her teens and she's extremely blonde and now she's got very dark brown hair yeah. i just like throw a wig on her like clearly you got a wig budget air hans was <laughs> he ate it he consumed the wig budget <laughs> <laughs> um yeah that was really confusing but i yeah i guess she has a star on her face so it doesn't matter what her hair color is yeah, yeah focus on what matters sammy <laughs> No, but I agree. I was expecting her to be super blonde. Yeah. Should we talk about the Dune stuff now or wait for the history section? I haven't seen or read Dune, so I don't even know where you're trying to go with that. Me so neither. I'm fine. I'm fine with you just going now. Okay. <laughs> so when Atie uh, touches the water and sees her like past mm-hmm. lives, that was very reminiscent to me of um, the Bene Gesserit characters in Dune, which is um, a group of women who can access the genetic memory of all the women who were their ancestors. So they can remember everything that happened to the women who are in their genealogical line. And then the chosen one part of Dune, spoilers, is that they finally, uh, after like thousands of years of Um, breeding program give birth to a boy who can access both men's and women's oh and that's the timothy chalamet yeah but yeah there's that and then there's also in the the local people of the planet arrakis there's the syadina characters who are also female 
leaders slash witches kind of that can see into the past and the future. Um, so a lot of Dune vibes in this well, episode. Herbert was like very into Islamic and pre-Islamic Middle Eastern mythology. Yeah. I mean, Padishah is like a word that he uses for a ruler. Which There's is like a lot, a lot of um, Arabic yeah. words. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not surprised, and I'm there. Maybe there's something pre-Islamic that we don't like. None of us are aware of that he's pointing to. Like with what did you say, Bene Jes- Bene Jesrit. Jesrit. Like maybe that's a reference to some pre-Islamic mythology that none of us knows about, but that he could be. Yeah. Oh God, I'm freezing. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, um, donate to the podcast so Sophia can have heat. <laughs> <laughs> there's no heat in this country i know it's really cold internet so she can do this podcast for you (laughs) (laughs) um i was really excited when auntie got her crew of ladies in this episode i was like yes like she has henchmen yes in their their, like milk van it's great (laughs) it was very short-lived unfortunately yeah um and then we have the ellie plot which was very random very random very random and i feel like they don't know what to do with her character because she hasn't been on screen for like the past get her her pregnant so she dies and it's sad like it's not that hard to dispose of her with all the setup you've done she also hasn't gotten to do anything fun like she hasn't gotten drunk she hasn't said anything inappropriate like Like, showered inappropriately it's like what is what is Aidith doing these days? And now she's just like going to be in a safe house or something. Yeah. I rest- mean, do we think she's going to go to Konya? Like her dad instructed her. She's probably not. She doesn't have a history of like doing things that help her or but anyone. She randomly was very into meeting her dad, which was very Yeah, cute. I just don't think that I just like she's going to hear that Ozan's dead and all this shit. I feel like she's going to go off the rails and not yeah. go to Konya and yeah but also Nazim uh, I still can't get over how young he looks like he can't be their dad <laughs> yeah yeah he sucks <laughs> um yeah I was a hundred percent convinced that she was going to die when they show her wandering down the murder hallway in that yeah, apartment. but no um what else we got oh we have Erhan's note that he decodes with Nazim um that's basically like a love letter to Atie that he wrote when he was a tiny child that was and, weird it was and, super weird and Nazem, when he like saw the characters is like this is an old and rarely used language like is that all we let's say it? like that's all you're gonna say like <laughs> vague adjectives about the language like you're not gonna say what language it is or how you know that <laughs> Anyway, I thought that was really funny. And then, yeah, he just, like, was immediately able to translate it using, I guess, his, his uh, encyclopedia of old and rarely used What languages. if it's Syriac? Well, I don't Wouldn't know. they have not, said? It's not Syriac. It's, like, it's, like, some kind of, uh, like, the, it's, like, hieroglyphics. It's not, like, mm. the scripts, yeah. So anyway, the language that is not named for plot and lack of historical <laughs> Literally, they just took Syriac out of the bag and then they have no other yeah. knowledge yeah. of other languages. Right. Yeah. I don't 
nothing really happened in Mesopotamia. There weren't that many cultures. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then last thing that I have is the whole uh, Melek controls the police now thing. Yeah. What, what is that the about? Authority? I mean, I'm yeah. into it. I like that because it's like Serdar thought he was in charge, but this whole time it was Melek. Like, I'm, that's cool. But um, I don't understand why she'd have any authority there. Yeah, no clue. Well, maybe it'll be explained next episode. Yeah. Do you guys have anything else for the gossip section? No, I just, I had the question regarding, like, what is Melik going to do? Like, when she says it's like, it's time, like, where's she going to go? What's she going to do? I mean, maybe she has this whole fucking thing planned out. Like, she had that phone call that worked maybe she, out. It was the computer aliens. <laughs> <laughs> maybe she's been two-timing with the um serdar with the aliens yeah this is the barbecue yeah she's been go- hitting the barbecue late at night <laughs> because again literally anyone could walk up to that fucking barbecue that's supposed to be literally <laughs> Okay, so now we're going to move on into our history section where we're going to talk about ghosts because we all love the idea of Zure haunting Hannah and hope to see more of that. So take it away, Esgi, who became an expert in ghosts this past week, as I hear it. Oh, I mean, that's not true. Um, I don't (laughs) really know. I'm assuming ghosts are like the old in terms of like humans thinking they exist. Yes. Um, so I don't have like specific uh, Wikipedia knowledge of that at the moment. I can very shortly. Um, but what Sammy's referring to is uh, I do I did this past week what I always do when I go to uh, well it wasn't a new city for me but it was the first time I did this in this particular city. So I, I did a ghost tour in Charleston, South Carolina. Mm-hmm although a ghost tour in Charleston, West Virginia would probably also be scary. Um, (laughs) But I did the one in South Carolina. It had really good reviews on TripAdvisor, but the whole like week leading up to it, I was just like, you know, I've done ghost tours in Southern cities, like, you know, obviously pre-pandemic. And I can't really remember anyone talking about anything other than like, white civil war soldiers or like white ladies or you know white other white people white pirates I was like I mean at this point like they've got to talk about like the evil of racism that would have definitely caused a lot more ghosts than just Mm -hmm. like a white lady getting yellow fever Mm -hmm. but I was you know proved my my kind of dread about the tour was proven 100% right that (laughs) even in death rich white southerners have the privilege of still being tethered to earth and not (laughs) any of the slaves or ex-slaves who have more reasons to haunt um anyways so i wrote a TripAdvisor review along the lines of wtf you're gonna act like it's just all white people and the torso of a civil war of a confederate soldier who blew himself up is like a tragic story and i'm like he was a traitor who like blew himself up ew like (laughs) who cares anyway so I was you know not not shocked by the ghost tours content but um disappointed and I hope that you know one of these days one of these southern cities in the U.S. will talk about uh not 
either white people doing something dumb during the Civil War and dying or, you know, ladies having the consumption and dying. Um, <laughs> other stuff happened too. Uh, so that's the end of my rant. It's completely irrelevant to Atia other than the general set header of ghosts. Um, I like Zuja as a ghost because she's got a reason to be tethered to the earth and she's got unfinished, unfinished business. Um, that's very valid and justifiable. Um, so I'm excited for her to continue to torture Hannah, potentially drive her insane in the next few episodes. That'd be cool. And then, you know, Sammy, if you've got some more specific research about actual ghosts mythology, um, I'll hand it over to you. Otherwise, I'll, I'll be happy to just like get into more details about why this Charleston <laughs> was immensely disappointing. <laughs> I don't think anyone wants that though. <laughs> um, you know, I did not have time to do my usual deep dive before this session, but uh, from a brief perusal of uh, definitely not Wikipedia. Uh, <laughs> we <hate> Wikipedia <laughs> it seems like ghosts have pretty much existed in people's belief systems since the dawn of civilization. Um, and these, um, beliefs have uh, lived on in Abrahamic relig religions um, and elsewhere, uh, even though maybe not popularly within those religions. Mm. They're also super popular in Greek and Roman times, in the Middle weird. Ages, <laughs> the Renaissance. Apparently, apparently, according to Wikipedia, there was widespread belief in ghosts in ancient Egyptian culture, mm -hmm. which I don't understand because, like, the whole belief that you went to the afterlife with your whole body just makes no sense to me. But I don't know. What else? Hmm. I don't know. But I just read here that apparently in the Hebrew Bible, there's a witch called the Witch of Endor, which sounds like some Lord of the Rings shit. Yeah. She's yeah. a ghost. She's a ghost. Hmm. Oh, no, no. She's not a ghost. She's a witch. And she conducts a seance where they summon oh. the dead prophet Samuel. Oh. oh. Wow, who knew? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Resurrection. Wacky Very. get in the Old Testament. Yes. Interesting. I mean, it seems like it's something that's like in every in Macbeth. They have don't they have a ghost appear or one of the oh, yeah. Hamlet? Yeah, pretty much all Shakespeare's plays has. Oh yeah, in in <laughs> Hamlet they have his dad's ghost, right? Um, yeah. Claudius was it? No. I think it is. Claudius. No, Claudius is, is Claudius is Scar, I think. Yeah. <laughs> we just translate this to ev terms everyone understands, aka the plot of Lion King. <laughs> <laughs> um, apparently, East Asia, Southeast Asia, like every culture has ghosts. Every, yeah. Which yeah. makes you think are they real? What do we think? Do you guys believe in ghosts? Listen. I don't think every culture in the world has the same random belief unless there's something going on. Mm, I feel fair. like it's, I feel like, uh, first of all, it's kind of easy to think you've seen a ghost in a certain way. Well, not seen, but like, you know, the stories about like, I don't know, the lights turning off and like doors closing. Like, I feel like that's pretty easy for you to believe you saw 
and then also it's like I mean something very tied to our whole relationship with death and how like like a lot of these cultures it's like you die and you go to another place so like the whole metaphor of some people not being able to go to that place makes sense I have I have an anecdote from the ghost tour that I just remembered it's it's (laughs) so our tour guide was very invested in um so he told like it was like two hours he told five stories um which is like not that many stories for that amount of time so the rest of the time he was like everyone take out your phones and take pictures and then show me what you like get pictures of like when we're in these various like we were in a cemetery we were in I'm sorry a graveyard we learned the distinction between the two a graveyard is attached to a church so we were in a graveyard um and we were in like this alley where a bunch of again rich white men dueled to the death (laughs) honor the south whatever um (laughs) and other other places a lot of parking lots too I wrote that in my trip advisor review I was like (laughs) Uh, anywho so we were taking, so we were in the dueling alley and this lady on my tour took a photo and she's like, I see an orb, I see an orb, look at it, Simon. And then Simon, the tour guide, like rushes over and he's like, oh my gosh, the orb, it's in the shape of a street light. There's a, there was a street light in the alley that she took a picture of. Oh God. And Simon was like 100% genuine and invested. He was like, Aww. but I see waves of energy around it that are not reflections because it's impossible for the street light to reflect in this dark alley. So I think you caught a specter. <laughs> like, okay, let's all take several seats. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and then there was like wow. another photo he showed from a different tour of basically his like, so it was in, it was in the graveyard the, that the tour ends in. And he was talking about how like one ghost that definitely is 100% real in this graveyard um, is what is the little girl who inspired the poem Annabelle Lee by Edgar Allan Poe which is super creepy because she died when she was 14 and Edgar Allan Poe was in his late 20s and they had a relationship so um, but anyway so if it's true any of this is true um but anyway so he was talking about this ghost and and he's like oh this ghost like loves me like she's always like you know, caressing me and like she's around like me while I'm talking. Again, old guy, super creepy. Um, and then he shows this picture of allegedly this ghost, like hanging out with him, hugging him. And it's like a super blurry picture of him taken clearly with a flash on with his arm like blurred out from light. And he's like, there was no flash. That's that's her field of energy caressing my arm. And I'm like, no. <laughs> someone took a photo of you with flash on man so anyway so that's like the leading the leading uh paranormal investigator form of evidence in this era is cell phone uh images of orbs or weirdly distorted light in nighttime photographs idk i don't i don't know if i buy the evidence but i mean i'm also not such a uh whatever by the book uh, or uh, I don't know what the word I'm looking for. Skeptic like, so, someone, yeah, someone who's like so hardcore skeptical that like I would. I like, mean, they freak me out. I'd rather never see a ghost. Well, yeah, for sure. Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> for sure, Definitely. but I mean, it, it is. It yeah, but I mean, the same way that there's like some kind of 
belief in afterlife or, or any kind or, you know there's various forms of organized religion it's not surprising that even if it's all nonsense that this would also be found across the globe because like to Sophia's point this is very mm. hardcore human nature like yeah. we can't we literally cannot conceive of ourselves ceasing to exist so exactly. we think of these words these ways to extend life um and this is one of them I guess but spooky spooky and Zuzha like does does it well you know she's doing yeah. well yeah I mean she was born well. even when she was a little like girl in kindergarten she was already spooky yeah yeah, yeah and her, t- her teachers were like just wait till you're a ghost like, yeah just get people <laughs> Okay, well, I think that's it for ghosts. We're very sorry you didn't enjoy your ghost tour, Moreski. It's okay. Ghost tours are a sham. I did one in Boston, and it was so bad. I see. I I like them because I I used to like them more in cities where they didn't have like historical walking tours. But now historical walking tours, like during the day, are so common that the ghost tours are literally just like take a picture and show me the orbs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. The, I've never been on ghost tours, but I've done graveyard tours, and I feel like those are always really interesting, mm-hmm. um, especially yeah. in New Orleans. Like any graveyard you go to, the graveyard tours are fabulous. Really? Mm-hmm. I mean, I've I've gone to a few yeah. graveyards in like, you know, Paris and stuff, but like, they creep me out. They have but such a distinct take smell. Sophia to the catacombs of any old city. Oh God! For happy place, especially oh, if it's like underneath a church and oh, the exit God. gets <laughs> out of your sight, and she's not wearing her contacts. <laughs> oh God! Oh God! <laughs> oh, good times, good times, and Sophia with Sophia. <laughs> a city that I needed to go to. <laughs> ever since i googled myself or encyclopedia britannica <laughs> myself when i was like five years old <laughs> okay So now we're going to move on into our favorite and final section, which is what the fuck Sultan of success and Fatma's hit list. So what the fuck our girl, Elif, uh, answering the phone after she just had the conversation with Atiye saying, Hey, I'm a wanted fugitive. Don't tell anybody. And she picks up the phone and she says, (laughs) Atiye. So, uh, yeah, she's doing really well at the covert thing. Wow, one of my what the fucks that I wrote down is, Mustafa, what are you doing? Just in general? I guess I was confused. Yeah. Um, And then my last one is also an Elif one, is like how the way that Nazem used to get Elif to come visit him is so fucked up and unnecessary. Yeah. Like come alone or I'll kill Ozan like what yeah why why would you say that yeah and why would she do it also dumb she's clearly out to get murdered what about you guys what are your what the fucks I mean definitely Ozan's death was very what the fuck and kind of (laughs) unexpected um and then also 
the ugh, I'm, I'm very upset about this whole like i have an oxygen mask and then i don't have an oxygen mask <laughs> yeah occurring what the we fuck know. you've made that clear <laughs> i think i've said most of mine but the one i haven't said explicitly although i think it was implied is the fact that this ancient mini obelisk thing is like underground under some like empty lot in Istanbul which is like okay yeah Istanbul definitely has some unexcavated areas like whenever they like dig up a new tunnel for a subway line like they find a bunch of stuff but like where they were like accessible by foot like Mustafa the cop like found his way into that underground chamber with this old ass obelisk yeah why has no one ever taken that from there like put in a museum like why is that just there um I guess it could be magic maybe only a take can see it I don't know but it's not mm. there's like not enough of an explanation going you know on in that scene to make me not WTF it so yeah sigh plot reasons <laughs> <laughs> yes okay Sultan of success Hmm. Could be Seher. Just hmm. being alive. Yeah. Yeah. And healing people. Yeah. Junior Sultan of Success. I think I, I vote for Seher for sure, but I also uh, appreciate the, the trio of ladies like oh, yeah. immediately hooking them up, hooking Atia up with a uh, dairy van. Those ladies were great. I would watch a show yeah. about those ladies. Yeah, yeah for sure. Like the real housewives of this cave. Especially <laughs> since one of them <laughs> looks like me. <laughs> right. Yes. 100% Sophia. Yeah. That's why she should win. Sophia's doppelganger should win. <laughs> we might have to put some pictures on our podcast so people know what I look like. <laughs> Maybe we should change our logo to a side by side of Sophia. For sure. Okay, so we we got the three ladies as the Sultan of Success. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. And then uh, Fatma's hit list. I have Erhan's wig. <laughs> I don't know Honestly, if we're allowed to put inanimate objects on there, but I think Nazim and Elif need to be like taken out from the show. Oh wow! No, like, I Fatma's agree. Style that's pretty brutal. <laughs> Yeah, they're just like their characters are not bringing anything to the forefront. Agreed. Elif is just like a drag, like they have to include something with her every episode because she's a main character, but yeah, she's not contributing. They really, they really, I mean, they they had to make her, they needed to make her pregnant, like legitimately pregnant earlier in the season so that like by this point she'd be dead via pregnancy. As we had discussed previously. Yeah. Okay, so we're putting Elif as Fatma's hit list? Ouch. What a fall from grace. Yeah, it hurts. <laughs> um, okay, well, what a surprise twist ending for the podcast. Congratulations to the cave ladies. We think you guys are great and deserve your own sitcom. Good luck to Elif, who is now on Fatma's hit list and seems extremely murderable. So that probably won't be an issue for Fatma. She's already been murdered. Right. So we know. We know. But we'll she have no issues. Track record. Yes. 
Thank you all so much for listening. And we will talk to you guys next time about season two, episode seven.